0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Utes. We are talking about a win for the U. Light up the U as the Utes take care of Weber State. Brian, what are we going to cover ahead on this episode?
1: Jake, I'm going to try not to cry like a baby because football was officially back the way that we know and love it. Rice Eccles Stadium was loud. uh, Then it was soft, but then it was loud again because Mother Nature wanted to intervene, and then it was crazy, and then it was football, and it was glorious, and there's a lot to talk about, both good and bad, but at the end of the day, Utah won, and that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, there is plenty to cover on that front. I think some standout players. Some subpar performances, we'll dig into all of that ahead on this episode. Today's show is brought to you by our title sponsor, Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. All right, without further ado though, let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Utes Podcast for September 2nd, 2021. Again, welcome into the Locked On Utes podcast, your only daily podcast focused on all things University of Utah. I'm Jay Katz, joined as always by my fearless co-host, Brian Brown. We are up late on September 2nd after Utah beats Weber State 40-17 to to open their season in fine fashion. But Brian, more importantly, how are you, my friend?
1: Jake, I am basking in the afterglow of actually attending a game in person Getting to see the 2021 version of the Utah Utes and dissecting every single play like I do. I felt like I just attended my graduate level course of Football 101 and it was glorious. I'm so happy to be back in school.
0: Yeah, it, I watched it obviously on TV like many of you, but the 50,000 plus of you that were at that game uh, got treated to just, it was nice to have football back in its regular form, fans in the stands, players going at it. 2020, man, that was such a weird season that I never want to ever see recreated. I'm with you, Brian. I think you are not alone in saying, you know what, it just felt good to finally sit there in a seat, watch some football, and just enjoy being outdoors.
1: Yes, absolutely, and uh, kudos to all the Utah fans who hung it out through a bizarre lightning weather delay. Mm-hmm. I would have to really dig back in the archives to find the last time that there was a lightning delay at Rice-Eccles Stadium. I know it's been a while, uh, but, it, um, I mean, it seems to be a sign of the times, right? Like, you know, two years ago against BYU, there was one, this year there's one, and maybe it was all about getting that rainbow above the stadium, Uh there to start things off
0: maybe so i okay and interest of full disclosure that delay in 2019 i was covering that game in person at lavelle edwards stadium that night the delay uh, prompted uh, restart of that game after midnight and you and most of our listeners know that i do morning sports radio brian I pulled an all nighter that night and did radio the next day. I can tell you that 48 hours was interesting.
1: There was a point where you were walking into the studio, I believe, as I was walking out. Yep. And that was a moment in my life that I will never forget, Jake.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jake's showing up for work. I'm leaving work. This is weird, but that's <laughs> this, how it goes. This that, can't be good. <laughs> this is how it goes, man. But nonetheless, yeah, lightning delays, very, very strange. But, uh, Brian, let's start here. You were in the stands there. I watched this game on TV. Give us just kind of your overall takeaway of what we should think about this win for Utah.
1: Don't think too much. That uh, let that's going to be my overarching theme. I think watching this game answered a lot of questions that I had personally, and in a positive manner. Now I know everybody's going to overthink everything, and and Coach Whittingham did the same in his press conference. He was definitely grumpy wit. Uh, I think for the most part, and for good reason. Right, there were a lot of miscues on on in areas of the game that he absolutely despises. Special teams, number one of them, giving up a special teams touchdown, something that Utah rarely, if ever, does. Uh, that's never a good thing, right? But for the most part, a game that was delayed for almost two hours, a game that was, you know, maybe hard to get up for, but also emotionally heavy with all the memorial stuff for Ty Jordan. Uh, like, I, I promise there was not a dry eye in the house between the third and fourth quarter. Uh, <laughs> here it comes. Uh, for the moment of, I'll call it a moment of, of excitement, moment moment of elation for Ty, and it was, uh, you know, a very fitting tribute. They also have have re- redesigned the section twenty two of the stadium with a memorial for Ty. His family was there. Uh, it was fun to see. I think it was either his brothers or his cousins in the in the must hanging out, having a good time. So don't think too much into the sloppiness of this game. There were a lot of factors that younger kids may or you know younger athletes may struggle with and and overcoming i think what you really need to know is dalton kincaid is the truth
0: yeah yeah he looked very much like a potential number one option to tight end but the funny thing is there might be two other guys who may be as good if not better than him just on the roster so the good news is if you if you like tight end play brian You are getting, or you you already got some of it. You had a good taste of it, and expect more of it to come.
1: Yeah, this is the exact game plan that Utah is going to want to have for every single game. If you look at the at the uh, uh, if you look at the statistics, it is very even across the board, almost uh, uh, like you know, not a lot of outstanding uh, carries or catches for any individual player. You know, Tavion Thomas obviously gets twelve carries. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, Solomon Ianis both get four touches in terms of reception. You know, the one guy who maybe didn't get as much attention was Britton Covey. A lot of underneath stuff, but that's what you want him to be, right? You want him to be the safety valve. You want him to do things like he did in the punt return game. You want him to be a secondary piece that assists the offense. You don't want him to be the key. And I think what we saw most of all, was an established run game for the University of Utah with 31 carries for 188 yards at 6.1 yards per carry whoa oh, buddy you're going to take that every single time
0: Yeah, you are. And there's no doubt about that. And we'll dig more into kind of particulars, different players that stood out to us here in just a moment. But I wanted to uh, talk for just a moment, Brian, about uh, Kyle Whittingham, because in the postgame press conference, uh, apparently he actually pulled out a three by five card that he said he had written down what he, he termed a laundry list of mistakes made in this game. And Getting back to kind of your original point here, said don't think too much of this win for Utah. Don't don't read into it too much. And I would agree with you on that, but I think Kyle Winningham, he is going to read into this a lot. He is going to get after his guys because he probably sees 15 million more things than you and I both saw in terms of what he wants to see improved upon going into their next game against BYU.
1: The number one rule whenever you're playing in our estimation, which is where we interpret the post-game comments, remember coaches are always talking to players or people within the program. They're rarely talking to fans or media directly. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. He's making a point to these guys like, Hey, you've been reading your press clippings for the last three to four weeks. You've been hearing how great you are. You've been compared to this 2019 team by Josh Newman a million times. And I'm really getting sick of him doing that, but I'm not going to confront Josh on it directly. I'm going to speak to you guys about it because it's a, you problem, not a Josh Newman problem. And we love Josh Newman, of course, here on the Locked On youths podcast. Uh, one of my favorite people, but the bottom line is this. He Knows how good this team is. He knows what can happen if you get distracted by the fact that you coast through games. What I loved about this game, Jake, when there were mistakes, there was re-engagement. There was a lot of action throughout the game. That we'll we'll leave alone that last drive where the twos, uh, you know, gave up the score, so to speak. Uh, um, but what I do, you know, he pointed out, you can't give up a seventeen-play drive, but you gave up zero points on that drive, and yeah. that, at the end of the day, is the most important part. Yes, there were a lot of mistakes. This is a an experienced team to a degree, right? Some Clark Phillips played in his sixth game. Yeah, Did he looked like a sixth game starter because I thought he looked pretty good outside of one play.
0: Yeah, there was, there was a lot to take away from this matchup. So let's dig more into like individual players that stood out to us here in just a moment, Brian. But first, let's take a minute and talk about our friends over at Rock Auto. It's a resource you and I have both used. The best part about Rock Auto is their goal overall is to save time and money when using their resource to take care of your vehicles. We all rely on our cars. Brian and I commute to our jobs every single day. Many of you out there, if not all of you, do the exact same thing. You know how inconvenient it can be when you have car problems. The best part about Rock Auto is they're going to save you time and money because they. why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership, Brian? just seems just dumb to do that.
1: I don't know why you would do it, Jake. Why would you go pay... $5 for a donut when you can get a good one for one, right? It's the same concept with rockauto.com, and I'm not saying donuts just because I'm hungry and it's late at night. I'm saying it because that's what makes the most sense. Go get your cheap donuts of of car parts from rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business. They've been doing this for 20 years. they got a site that's set up perfectly for it. There's no Knicks, Knacks, fanciness. You're not going to have to sit there for 50 hours waiting for pictures to load. You know your car better than the dude behind the counter, and I tell you what, Biff Tannen over there sure isn't going to pay the kind of attention that you are to your car and the parts that you need. So that's why you got to go to rockauto.com. What do you got to do when you get there, Jake?
0: Yeah, please uh, make sure you write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box. By the way, I'm not letting you get away with that, um, that, that reference there to Back to the Future. That was a great reference on your part. But, yeah, make sure you write Locked On or Locked On youths" in the How Did You Hear About Us box so we get some credit for sending you guys to check them out. It's really, really simple, folks. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. Continuing on now, our look back at the 40-17 victory for the 24th-ranked Utes as they take care of business against Weber State. And, Brian, let's dive more into specifics here and talk about some of the players who stood out to me. And let's start off with the quarterback. Obviously, Charlie Brewer, he was going to be a focal point of most people's focus in this game. It's his first start at the helm of the Ute offense. And I've got to say, Brian, if I were putting a letter grade on it, I'd probably give him a B+. Where would you go?
1: Yeah, something similar, you know, BB plus there. He was good, not great. Uh, Now, that sounds like a slight to him, but we want to be good. Like, that's the thing, and you want to be good. You want to be consistent. You want to see a lot of the stuff that he did. I thought his decision-making was top-notch, right? Missed on a couple throws here and there. Uh, Had a couple really good throws that were dropped. So, you know, overall, a a good performance, uh, but you do want to see some improvement next week as they go into a very important uh, in-state battle. Maybe we'll call it that something, uh, something to that effect. You know, uh, I don't know if if you know anything about the just, uh, the team they'll be facing. Probably, it's just, not. It's
0: just an in state game. Let's, let's be clear about that.
1: Yeah, just two back to back in state games. It is what it is. Uh, but you know, what I think stood out the most likely to everybody who was there and watching on at home on TV was Charlie Brewer, good football player, he a good football player, and and he's the kind of quarterback that we really have not ever. Mm, uh, ooh, I don't know. I don't know that we've ever seen a guy with his kind of release, with his kind of quick decision-making skills, his ability to go around pre-snap and really be be efficient like that. Now there are other things he needs to work on, right? Like you know, going through progressions a little bit more, being a little bit more active in terms of avoiding the pressure in the pocket. I think. Sure. And this is gonna sound super nitpicky, and it is because again, B plus. That's better grades than I got in college. <laughs> um, but. I also believe that he is, we saw things out of him that like were really fun. Right. He got a little feisty there after a run play, run, run the ball a couple different times, was not afraid to tuck it. You could tell clearly in that first quarter run that he wanted to hit somebody and get some contact. And, you know, they did a good job of not trying to call too many designed runs. He was going to do it anyways. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going off on, on, on a lot of details here uh, because there's other things to get to, but I think, Really, Utah fans should be very pleased with what he did.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. The one thing I liked about him is he just he seemed comfortable at the, at the controls of the offense. We all know that he's coming over from Baylor, where he's running offense, or he actually he ran multiple offenses at Baylor because he went under two different coaching staffs there. But he just he did not seem out of sorts, if that makes sense, Brian. He just he was at, in control. I mean, I, I'm with you on the fact that yeah, avoiding the rush a little bit better probably, but. He moved up in the pocket when he needed to. He made timely throws. The ball got out of his hand in an orderly fashion. I felt like for his first start, it was very much a good debut, and now you just go and work to improve on that.
1: Yeah, and and listen, there is a big difference between how you move in the pocket, how you avoid the rush, and how you escape the rush, right? Those are separate entities altogether, and, and really what we're focusing on. I thought he did a great job of bailing on, on plays when he needed to and getting outside the pocket and, and getting downfield. Where he needs to be more precise is just inside the pocket. And, and some of that wasn't always his fault, right? A couple bad snaps coming his way, and we can talk about that in a minute if you want. Um, but I think overall, like this is the kind of performance where you can see what the potential is, not only for this offense, but for Charlie Brewer. At some point, they are going to have to take the reins off and really let him cook. Uh, but tonight, that's exactly what you wanted to see.
0: Yeah, and, okay, let's talk, obviously, uh, quarterback's best friend is a a good run game. We saw all four running backs who are in contention for the starting job. Brian, are you ready to declare that Tavion Thomas is RB1? Is he running back one, or is is the jury still out?
1: So I'm going to get skewed for this one, Jake, but I actually thought Makai Bernard was better.
0: Okay. Okay, I don't think you're alone in saying that. We saw Tavion Thomas get the 100 yards, but Mackay Bernard, what he showed in his brief appearances, because obviously they were rotating heavily here at the running back position, Mackay Bernard flashed a lot of really intriguing tools.
1: What I love about Bernard is that he plays with a ton of energy as a our good friend Keenan Allen likes to say he's running for the love of the game. And there were times where he was coming all the way across the field on almost a dead sprint just to try and throw a block for a teammate. Mm. He was great outside of the backfield. He had four catches or three catches, excuse me, for 41 yards. That's a 13.7 yards per catch average, Jake. If I'm not mistaken, that's a first down every time he touches the ball. I believe people like first downs. Do you like first downs?
0: I love first downs. Me too. Apparently, so does
1: mckay Bernard.
0: Yeah, 76 total yards. There's nothing to sniff at in his performance honestly and I'm with you it was kind of the 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 stuff that doesn't show up in the box score is what is probably the most impressive part about what he did in this game
1: to a degree yes absolutely and his ability to float out into the slot you know there's definitely more coming for him within the offense I think we saw a lot of what Utah has the potential to do tonight but getting back to your original point I do think that Tavion Thomas is likely to become the starter simply because he is the best pure running back on the team. And we saw how good he can be when he holds onto the football. We saw how good he is in in short yardage and goal line situations, but we also saw some really good stuff from Chris Curry in that respect as well. And so there's this rush, um, this desire, like almost like the cosmos is out of control or something like that, like Mercury's and Gatorade or whatever it is that they talk about all the time, Uh, because there's not like a set one, two, three, four but I think what you saw tonight is that there's going to be a four headed monster from this university of Utah football team in the sense that every running back is going to have a role. I love Chris Curry in short yardage situations. I love TJ Pledger and Makai Bernard out of the backfield and, and getting to the edges. I love Tavian Thomas in the downhill running game. He was especially effective when they ran the ball under center uh, pro style uh, zone blocking schemes. So, if that's what your offense is going to be predicated off of, and we saw a lot of good stuff with 12 personnel, as I talked about on Twitter, mm-hmm. that's two tight ends, one running back in, in the play-action game, then Tavion has to be the starter. And listen, I'm not taking anything away from his performance. He is electric, and he is an athlete, and he is as fun to watch, I think, as Utah's had you know, uh, in recent memory. But at the same time, there were things that I just really loved about what Mackay Bernard did, and I think there are going to be times when you're going to need both and or you know all four of these running backs to step up.
0: Yeah, I'm with you in that regard. Tavion Thomas, the blend of size, speed, physicality. I'm with you. He is the probably the best pure running back on this roster and I'm with you he's probably going to be the starter in the relatively near future maybe as soon as that in-state game upcoming against the Cougars down there in Provo but the the versatility of the running back unit that we saw on display that should lead you, me speaking to Utah fans, that should lead you as a fan to be very, very excited because, yeah, there may be games where Charlie Brewer doesn't have his finest performance, but if these running backs are all able to contribute in different ways, they're going to make up for a lot of what he may be lacking in a certain contest.
1: A hundred percent, you know, and I think really what's important to to analyze is not so much who's starting the game, but who's excelling at their role. You know, TJ Pledger would have had a touchdown if he had, you know, just would have held onto the football. And and that's another point that we can talk about. You left three scores on the field. And so I know that everybody loved what they saw from Tavion Thomas. He also left one at the goal line. So mm-hmm. and we can, you know, break down on on, on why that play happened. And, and, and there's some schematic parts to it. And there's some lack of execution, not necessarily on the offensive line, but from the very outside of the offensive line, meaning the part-time blockers out there. Um, but at the same time, I think really what you want to look for are how can Utah uh, use these guys in matchup situations. And I think the answer is, is they have a lot of potential to use them in, that, in those
0: yeah, they do, and that, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch moving forward. Uh, Brian, before we flip over and talk about some of the defensive guys, I also need to talk about special teams for a moment too, but before we talk about defense, is there anybody else on this offense that we need to discuss? You already brought Dalton Kincaid earlier on. I thought he was absolutely stellar for the tight end unit, but all the tight ends I thought were good. Is there somebody else offensively we need to highlight in your opinion?
1: Uh, I really, so I, I think it, it's worth pointing out that a couple of guys that we've talked about over consistently over the show, uh, you know, Thomas Yasmeen finally made an appearance. It was mm-hmm. great to see him, even though I'm not sure that I love him in the fly sweep. Yeah, that, that, that was see. That brand the, Keithy. Yeah. And yeah. <sighs> anyways, moving on, uh, I think it's worth pointing out Solomon Enos was becoming the go to guy that Utah really needed him to be and that's important to me. Um, It's important to me because you're going to need a guy who can get open in the red zone, and I think Solo really showed it tonight. Had some huge catches and some big moments to move the chains. He was clearly getting open. He and Dalton Kincaid are really going to stretch the field well for this University of Utah football team. And so I think there's uh, – as long as we went through the recognition. I also want to point out uh, the British invasion, Bam Olesheny, I thought was really really good for his first start at left tackle.
0: Yeah, I I just I think that the offensive line actually performed fairly decently. There's still a lot to improve upon, but considering how much flux was going on with that unit, Brian, that was a fairly decent performance.
1: It was, and I know that a lot of people are going to point and say, "Wow, it looked shaky, it looked rough and this that and the other. There's a couple things, you know, it, it, That maybe we as we break this game down going into next week we can talk about especially in terms of snaps and and how that affects things and and how usually when a guy like uh, Mortensen is coming free it's because he's what's called a hot read as opposed to an actual guy that's supposed to be blocked Um, but really what you need to look at is that yards per carry was at 6.1 that's really good news and I thought that uh, for the most part, having to deal with all the fluctuations and everything like that with the starting group, Utah looked really, really solid.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. All right, Brian, we'll talk a little bit about the defense here in just a moment. But first, let's take a minute and talk about our friends over at Bet Online. Last night, actually tonight, I, I, I'm all screwed up, Brian. Trust me. I, my, my my schedule has been all kinds of thrown off. But the best part is football season is here. Plenty of games all over the place. I'm thinking, and this is just me thinking, Brian. If you would have picked UC Davis or Eastern Washington to spring FCS over FBS updates, you might've made a pretty penny. If you would have gone over to Bet online and put some money down on both of those contests, but Jake gets division one football. Thank you. It's the FCS. (laughs) Thank you, Dan Hawkins. Well, nice pull on that. The best part about Bet online folks is they've got all the updated odds, props and contests. If you want to get in on the action for Friday night, football upcoming games on Saturday, or even just future games coming up throughout the upcoming NFL season season. This is the place to do it. Get to betonline.ag. You can head to their website, or use your mobile device to sign up today, and receive a 100% welcome bonus, Brian. Yes, everything you deposit, 100% of it on top of it added as free money. That's absolutely incredible. All you got to u- do is use the promo code LOCKEDON when you get there. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, from football to basketball to boxing, right on to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers that Bet online has for you guys at betonline.ag. It's all courtesy of Bet Online using the promo code Locked On. They are your online sportsbook experts. All right, coming to the end of this edition of Locked On, Youth. We do to take a minute and talk about the defense and special teams performances in this win over Weber State. Brian, should we talk about the special teams first, or should we save those for the very end?
1: Yeah, let's get it out of the way, Jake. It's, it's like ripping the Band-Aid off. I want to air this thing out. It wasn't great.
0: Yeah, they, well, they, they, they needed some improvement. There's no doubt about that. To allow the kick return to Rashid Shaheed right off the bat, you could see Kyle Whittingham. He was trying not to go apoplectic about that. He, that is just that it's unacceptable in his program to allow a guy like that to make one cut, and then he's just off to the races.
1: Yeah, he's an explosive uh, player and and super shifty and speedy, but you need to make him work for it, like you said, just to allow a one cut and go, and allow that that much lane violation for for lack of a better term mm-hmm. and lack of lane integrity. It, it's just not a good showing on on behalf of the Utes, and uh, you know you combine that with a a boink on the extra point, and then uh, I believe a missed field goal as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, and then you know, punting game was fine. I thought Britton Covey was okay on kick returns. There wasn't a whole lot that he could work with. I thought he was fun to watch on punt returns. Uh, Had the one big one, but not able to generate a ton otherwise. It just didn't look clean throughout the course of the game. And uh, you know, there were also some some instances where I you had to call a timeout because there weren't players in the game for special teams, and so those kinds of miscues are the kinds of things that especially in the first game, first game, a coach will go ballistic over, right? Because not only are they trying to make a point, but they just don't want to deal with that stuff. They're already under tons of stress and anxiety. They need that kind of stuff to be on point.
0: Yeah, they do. And you know Kyle Whittingham is going to be after these guys all week as they uh, try to get things cleaned up. But it's not going to be fun in special teams drills. We all, we all know that.
1: Yeah, practice this week is not going to be fun at all because you're, you're playing in – a uh, very important game in state we'll call it like that mm-hmm. and also you you're coming off a performance in which he apparently has a laundry list on a 3x5 card and i wager that if he had had a bigger sheet he would have had an even longer laundry list he said he, he said he
0: stopped writing things down
1: yeah, and I believe that was halfway through the first quarter. So
0: So yeah.
1: Good luck. Take that for what you want. But <laughs> special teams not sharp. Uh, you know, I think there were some good positives to take away from there. The punting game looked like it was uh, decent enough, no problems with snaps or holds mm-hmm. necessarily. That'll be something that I'll have to look at a little bit more once I get to uh get to film review. I I apologize. Jaden Redding did hit both of his field goals. It was just the extra point that he
0: missed. Okay. All right. So, yeah, make sure we clean up that. All right, Brian, let's talk a little about the defense. Devin Lloyd, absolute stud. Interception, leads the team with 12 total tackles, seven of them solo, has one sack, has two tackles for loss, forces a fumble. What else did he really need to do in this game to prove that he might be the best linebacker in this conference?
1: I mean, he could have turned water into wine or scored a touchdown. Either way, I would have been a little bit happier. Uh, but overall, that was the kind of game that we really expected from Devin Lloyd, You know, especially after everything that we've heard and everything that we've seen from him in years past. I thought what was really great about this game is it was exactly what we were hoping, right? The, the rest of the team was supporting him and allowing him to be great. And, and that's really where you wanted to see Devin Lloyd, Lloyd excel. I thought he picked and chose spots where he could really you know make game-breaking plays. That interception was a thing of beauty. I have a theory, Jake, of philosophy. Maybe it's a life philosophy. When you do things right and, and, and put effort into something, good things will position themselves in your way for you to make plays. And Devin Lloyd does everything right in the, the film room, in the weight room, as a leader, and you know everything that he does in his game preparation. And I felt like that was evident when he made that incredible interception. But, you know, it wasn't all just Devin Lloyd. There were some other pretty stellar performances as well.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I thought Clark Phillips, you already kind of mentioned him earlier on. For his sixth game as a he he's still technically a true freshman, folks. Let's be clear about that. He did not look a guy who had just played half a season's worth of games. He he looked like a savvy three- or four-year veteran in this contest.
1: It's going to be easy to point at the missed tackle and the big gain and say, wow, how could you have done that? But you need to go back and watch the big hit on the third down where I think it was uh, MacIntosh, the running back for, for Weaver State, or McMillan, excuse me, uh, where he had a textbook tackle and just stuck the dude right in the thigh. And that was a beautiful play. Uh, I thought he was an excellent you know, tackler tonight. I thought he was on top of his insi- assignment more often than not. I thought he was very versatile in the coverage. You didn't see a lot of issues in terms of communication back there, which I thought was very important. And outside of the one, you know, one missed tackle, and and realistically, defenses and at the college level miss a ton of tackles. I thought he was great. Uh, if I'm going to pick my secondary MVP, it was Mika Tufua, and he was everything I was hoping he was going to be in more tonight. I loved what I saw from him in the pass rush game. It was clear that he was amped up to play. He brought a ton of energy. Great setting the edge. Had a really, uh, really impressive game I think in terms of you know what he was able to put together um, and and just you know he's going to be a he's going to be a force up there there I, I tweeted this out at one point there was a play and I know you got to finish it and make the sack and complete the play but the move that he put on that poor tackle from Weaver mm-hmm. State that young man is going to need to go to therapy <laughs> ASAP because there will be PTSD for the rest of his life for how badly Brad, er, um, Brad, the ghost of Bradley and I, a.k.a. It, it, Mika Tafua, sucked that hey, man's soul from his body.
0: It, it, it was very much a Bradley and I-esque type of a, just a, a play, plain and simple. So I, I don't blame you for bringing that up. But yes, uh, Mika Tafua absolutely embarrassed that young man. So there, I think there was a, a lot of good performances in this. I felt like the Utah defense did nothing to say that well, what, they, what we've been hearing about them, about being another great unit, another stellar defensive unit under Kyle Winningham, there was nothing in this contest to me that I took away that says, well, there's no reason to disbelieve what they've been talking about.
1: No, no, absolutely not. You know, I think Nifai Sulu made a few plays. It was good to see Huati Putu Tao uh, really on top of his game. Vianne Muala looked impressive, even though he uh, took a, a pretty nasty shot to the side of the head on one play. And really, as you go around, I thought everybody, for the most part, looked pretty solid. We saw some good things from Brandon McKinney, uh, also some things that he needs to clean up, and some of that is just coming in, you know, coming into your own as a starter for the first time, playing with a new defense, etc. It was interesting to see a lot of Hayden Fury, you know, the the sandbacker. You saw a lot, a lot more four three, and most of that is decisions based on personality. I was surprised to see Weber go big as much as they did, but they also got some dudes who can play, um, you know, at that tight end position. But Utah was solid. Uh, I don't know. Jake is fifty-seven yards rushing for a game. Good.
0: Uh, it's not bad. Let's put it that way.
1: <laughs> not when you hold the opponent to fifty-seven. Right. One point yeah. nine at one point in time, Weber had 0. 0.9 yeah. yards per carry, I was gonna and say, that's
0: it was sub one yard per carry. And that right there, that's an elite number. There's no doubt about that. Yes, absolutely. All right, Brian. Well, uh. Anything else that we need to touch on? I think we've covered it by and large here as we recap this win. I think just overall the the nice part is you won your first game. You beat the FCS opponent. Weber State uh, showed some things in this game, obviously, that Utah can clean up. But is there anything else that you feel like we need to touch on before we go here?
1: I'm definitely going to break this game down further on film and, and, and have a lot more to come. In the weeks ahead, but at the end of the day, the best part about being 1-0 is the chance
0: to go 2-0. Yep, there's no doubt about that. So, plenty to talk about in that regard. Uh, we will get another episode out, hopefully, to you guys before the week is out. We had some questions sent in on social media. We'll try and touch on those and obviously start breaking down the film. We'll have some more thoughts on this game as Brian and I get a chance to watch it a second time, take more away from that. But, Brian, send us out with some words of wisdom before we go here.
1: Jake, uh Every day is a great day to be a Ute. But rivalry week is better as a Ute than a
0: Coug. Wow, look at that. I like that a lot.
1: Mm, I hope you do. I hope you do. We're
0: going to have a little crossover edition of Locked on Cougars and Locked on Utes next week. That could be a lot of fun.
1: What we're here for—nothing but fun.
0: It's gonna be fun. There's no doubt about it. Be, give me some fireworks, so we'll have some fun with that. But until next time, hope you guys are all doing great. Whenever you hear this, whether it's early Friday morning or I don't know when you're listening to it, but nonetheless, have a great day. Utah beats Weber State, 40 to 17, to move to 1 and 0. And we'll have more for you guys as we move along here. This has been the Locked On Utes Podcast for September 2nd, 2021, and we will talk to you guys again soon.